You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Two. When Andrew walked into the jewelry store, he thought back to one of his earliest assignments, which had been a stakeout operation. It had taken place in a jewelry store in Brooklyn, and it had been cramped, small, and dark. Setting up the cameras and surveillance equipment undetected had been next to impossible. In comparison, walking into Herschel's store was like entering a supermarket. It was a fairly large store, brightly lit and the jewelry displayed in large glass cases on glass counters. There were huge mirrors on every wall, giving him the feeling of walking into an amusement park mirror maze. Around the counters, girls in small groups and a few couples were examining necklaces, rings, and tiaras with gleeful sounds. Andrew unzipped his jacket and stepped sideways into a corner, trying to take a look around the entire store. He spotted the motion detectors and cameras easily enough, but he could see plenty of blind spots. It would be easy to circumvent the equipment once you had entered the room. But there seemed to be only one entrance, the front door and the metal grate that could be lowered in front of it looked like it could stop a van at full speed. A short, balding man wearing gold spectacles on his nose appeared at his elbow. Can I help you, sir? I'm Andrew Picard. I'm with Tempest Investigations. I understand you contacted us. Andrew pulled out his new identity card and handed it to him. The man smiled. Oh, yes, indeed. The police suggested we talk to you after their investigation turned up nothing. The inspector apparently thinks highly of your company. Do you specialize in security? Not really. We specialize in unusual problems. That's good, because this is truly unusual. I've begun suspecting this to be the work of, well, supernatural forces, Mr. Picard. Andrew put a hand on the man's shoulder. That's what I'm here to find out. Do you have any of the recordings your cameras have taken of the nights you have experienced the break-ins? I'd like to take a look at them, and perhaps put up some equipment of my own. Of course. I'm Bill Herschel, by the way. Pleased to meet you, sir. Herschel led Andrew into a corner, where an apparently concealed door led to a tiny back room. There were no windows and only room enough for two chairs, a desk, a safe, and a computer. What's in the safe? Andrew asked. Do you put all your stock in there when you close? No, that would make little sense. We have far too much merchandise to fit in one safe. I keep the most special objects I have in that safe. Highly priced diamonds and jewelry, the kind I could never display. Some of them are worth more than the entire stock out front put together. I see. Well, what sort of thing has the thief been after so far? Not the safe stuff, then, I take it? No, the thief has not been, shall we say, discriminating. In fact, the value of the stolen items has not been consistently high. How do you mean? The first time, most of what was stolen was Swarovski crystals. They're specially treated glass, cut and treated to give a special, 
Yeah, I know what a Swarovski crystal is, but they're still pretty pricey, aren't they? Yes, but nothing compared to some of the merchandise which was kept in the same case. The thief stole a Swarovski collar and tiara worth a couple hundred dollars, but left an emerald necklace worth thousands behind. Andrew sat down in one of the two chairs. Really? That's interesting. Why would a thief not care about the value? I wouldn't know, Mr. Picard. If I'd known, I wouldn't have called you in. But in any case, from the second time on, more valuable things were stolen, along with the Swarovski products. So the thief still takes the cheap stuff, but now also the expensive. Sounds weird. I agree. Is there any kind of system to the thefts? If you mean what order he empties the cases in, no, there is no system. He seems to be able to see which cases are not covered by the camera. The only system I can think of is that he seems to prefer objects that shine brightly, and that he does not like rings. He doesn't steal rings? No. He takes necklaces, tiaras, bracelets, and earrings, but leaves the rings behind. Andrew scratched his head. Curiouser and curiouser, said Alice to the caterpillar. Herschel got to his feet. Mr. Picard, I really should get back out front, but I will come back when I have a moment later, if you have any further questions. I'll start by watching the footage. Let's talk later, then. Herschel left the room, and Andrew pulled the keyboard to the computer onto his lap. With a few clicks, he had accessed the video records, and for the next two hours, he went through them one by one. It was obvious that there were blind angles, as he had suspected. Most of the thefts had been from displays in those angles. They were places where, in the daytime, a clerk would always be able to see what was going on, but at night they were left unattended. Andrew wondered what sort of amateur had done the security for this place. When he reached the night where the alarm had gone off the second time, he paid particular interest. When he spotted a glimpse of a shadow moving on the floor, he froze the image. It was a blur of motion, almost impossible to see on this screen, but fortunately, he didn't need to. Pulling out his own computer, he transferred the file to it. He set his computer to run an enhancement program while he finished the rest of his work. He pulled out a couple of small cameras he had brought and returned to the front of the store. Herschel was busy selling a necklace to an elderly woman, but looked at him. Andrew gestured around as if to indicate he could take care of himself, and stepped onto a small stool. It took Andrew less than half an hour to install the cams in the places not visible to the store's regular cameras. They connected wirelessly to a local network, and with these he would be able to see everything from the privacy of his car outside. Jim had owned the agency's only car, so Andrew had suggested they buy an anonymous-looking blue van for assignments where discretion was needed, or if they needed to go in multiple teams, like today. When he was putting the last camera up, Herschel came up to him. That looks very efficient, Mr. Picard. I trust you'll be monitoring the store tonight? That's the plan. Since your thief has been a frequent visitor, hopefully he'll be back tonight or one of the next few days. Thank you. I appreciate your efforts. I am sure that your bill will also be substantially less than my insurance premiums. Andrew grinned. I'm sure it will be. What time do you usually close? Normally at seven. Would you like us to... No, 
Seven works for me. I'll be here then and park somewhere discreet. I would appreciate it if you could leave me a key or alarm code so I can get inside if I need to. Now, if you will excuse me, I'll go home and catch a few hours of sleep, so I'll be awake and alert tonight. Andrew went back to the back room and picked up his computer. The enhancement program on his computer, one of the things he had neglected to return upon his leaving the bureau, flashed a message on the screen that the image enhancement was ready. He clicked the button that showed the enlarged image. His eyes widened in surprise. On the screen was the corner of one of the display cases. The dark shadow that the security camera had caught was actually a reflection in one of the mirrors on the walls and had been blurry and out of focus. Now the enhanced image had removed the blur and cleared it up. On the screen was a large cat, almost big enough to look like a lynx. It had its head turned slightly sideways, as if looking at the case it was passing. Around its neck was a sparkling collar of Swarovski crystals. <laughs>